Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Hero's Journey. I'm your host, Mr. Eddie. Uh, with me today is the entire Steam Academy. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and get introduced to everybody. Let's start off with the person to my right, Mr. Brett. Hello, my name is Mr. Brett, and I am a Discovery Guide. And to my left, we have Miss Joanne. Hi, I'm Miss Joanne. To her left, directly, is Miss Nikki. And then, of course, as always, Ms. Nicole. Hello. So uh, today is an awesome episode. We've been out for about uh, two weeks. Um, this is the end of our first week back at session number five. Um, we had an entire session quest planned out. Um, but before we get into that, I just wanted to recap, um, wish everyone a welcome back. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about our uh, our survivor quest finish uh, and our camping trip that we had. So, uh, <laughs> Lila's first comment. Hold on, before you start. What are we looking at? <laughs> Some of the so Weird. what are we looking at? For a lot for a lot of our audience that's listening right now, we actually are uh, streaming live on Facebook with a 360 cam. So a lot of the new technology that's being implemented into the podcast is a little bit kind of crazy and getting used to. Um, so it's a lot of fun. So you kind of just like click around on our Facebook page at a Steam Academy. Uh, we're live, and what you can do is as you click around, you can see the entire. Uh, table around you 360. How do they do that? What do you mean? Click All you have to do is use your phone. You can move your finger, uh, move it left or right, and you can look around the table. Um, you can click and use your mouse if you're on a computer uh, and use it to click left or right, and you actually will see everyone around the table. Can I do it? Absolutely, oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so um, we are uh, – let's go ahead and start talking about our camping trip. So um, we had our survivor quest, and then Miss Nikki was talking about getting everyone ready for the camping trip that we had. Uh, what was it like? How did it go? Let's start off, Miss Nikki. Well, let me ask you, Mr. Eddie, how'd the cricket taste? Cricket tasted amazing. <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people forget that in my culture, we eat almost pretty much everything. So, uh, I, yeah, the kids were like, hey, we're going to have a parent challenge. Um, let's go and get everyone. We had two teams. We split off, and they were like, all right, we want people to eat insects. Um, of course, they were like dried insects that were seasoned and put in this bag. Um, they did not taste as savory as I thought they would, but uh, it was so funny to get a handful and just shove it in my mouth and start chewing, and all the kids and parents were like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> my favorite was how the kids actually set up that challenge. So the kids were responsible, right, for all the challenges. And literally the only thing they said was, okay, we need three parent volunteers from each group. So, like, I'm like, I'm, I know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I had to buy the, the bug, so I'm like, I'm not volunteering. You nominated your brother. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I, did. I totally nominated my brother. And they're like, hands up, hands up, hands up. And then they told them what the challenge was. <laughs> nice. It so was we... great. Um, the, the photos were fantastic. Um, shout out to Lila for setting up the, the Google file so we could drop folder, or pictures in there. And Tristan took some phenomenal pictures. I think yeah. he's got... Um, some skill there, like a budding photographer. Um, so we can see a lot there, but and, and the comments from kids that it was the the best day, the best night, and the bonding was priceless. Um, coming back from that and having they have all endured, or most all have endured that experience and come back, it re-energized, and um, we've seen some relationships develop between um, trimates that were not before. For example, we had a tribe who was having a hard day and a, another unexpe- a tribe mate who, you know, unexpectedly, because they're, they're not close, stepped up to help them out. Yeah. And I think that that bond really grew because of that camping trip. And I, I, I think, I would, you know, I would suggest that regardless whether we do a, a survival quest, that that camping trip is a fantastic tribe building oh, yeah. opportunity. I think, I think and that we should do it every chatter. year. Yeah, that was the chatter. 
um, for the weekend was like, we just need to do this every year. And I agree. I think it was it was an amazing opportunity for the kids to get together and just bond in a completely different way mm-hmm. um, through different and new adventures. And I even enjoyed it. I enjoyed being able to talk to some parents that I don't necessarily talk to all the time and getting to know, you know, like Hannah's dad came and that was, I really enjoyed getting to know Hannah's dad mm-hmm. um, and learn more about, you know, their family and their family's hero's journey. Um, so it was really great for that too, just to be able to get out of the everyday, the routine, the what we're always doing, just say, hey, let's just throw up some tents. And, and have that outdoor space. We've yeah. really been inhibited by our location currently and look forward to having outdoor space very yeah. soon, which we can get to as well. But to see the kids just outside running in nature and swimming yeah. in the water, it, which, you know, was, was cold and, yeah. and murky, but it didn't matter. It was wonderful opportunity for them. So that was awesome to see yeah. and just being wild in nature. It was yeah. great. That was a really good escape, and I'm hoping that we get to do camping trips. <laughs> it's been, like, I think 15 years since my last camping trip. Mm-hmm. So being able to go up there and, like, just pitch up a tent. We got really lucky with the space because I thought we were going to have, like, lots, of, you know, like the little oh, sections. And they were just, when we showed up, um, it was just a massive, like, peninsula kind of yeah. area and along the lake. On it. Oh. It was just and they're like, all right, put, put wherever you want to put your tent. Mm-hmm. And it was cool to see all the families, like, spread out. But then when we had our events, everyone kind of came together yeah. as a tribe, and then okay, go out to your you know different mm-hmm. spots. So we had um, we had the, the the students coming up with their challenges, and we had our pitch a tent challenge, which was fun. Um, my my most fun was actually the ghost stories or the horror stories that we were telling yeah. uh, with the yeah. kids. That was a lot of fun. They're still talking about that. Yeah, <laughs> I heard some now. ghost stories today. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and we had it was a new experience for some of our families had never been camping. Yeah, I think we had yeah. a couple families at least who had never, three families. Yeah, yeah, so that was remarkable, and they seemed to enjoy themselves. You know, I just have one question: What did they say about your hotel? <laughs> you brought to the, it's a cabin. Brought to, oh, the cabin. It's okay. a cabin. It looked like a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it might be. I might actually open up some rooms for rent. I don't know. Airbnb. Um, but yeah. it was a fantastic deal. So, and I love deals. And I've got some plans to really glamp it out. So, this <laughs> camping no, trip. won't let you glamp. He won't. No, that's the thing. Because I don't. Good man. I don't. Yeah. No, that's the caveat I got. Mom, <laughs> we're not glamping. <laughs> to go camping. I'm like, well, I don't know if there's a hotel close by. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not parking a wasn't. camper. I mean, it, I it's just a cot. It's not too much to ask. <laughs> yeah, show, that was like the... Uh, that's how I knew where everyone was because it just was a massive tent that housed like 15 people. I was like, oh, okay, there's Hotel Hotel Calderon. <laughs> and it, it was a new tent, and so it required actually reading the directions, which... It, it now don't get me wrong it wasn't one of those like little pop tents there were like big poles involved and the wind oh, the, the wind, wind challenge like we didn't consider that so we you know launched a pretty big kite <laughs> really we've done that now a couple times yeah <laughs> <We'll break. laughs> so yeah so after what was did you see a difference in the like student and parent um interaction like before the camping trip and after like what was the big difference that stood out to you guys seeing everyone together well i would piggyback on what nicole said i did have an opportunity to speak with some parents that i hadn't had that opportunity before so it was nice to see that develop and understand a little bit more of um people's journeys Mm -hmm. as well that's from my perspective yeah yeah i would just think yeah closer camaraderie across the board you know what i mean as a whole Mm -hmm. yep I'd say the favorite part was definitely being able to sleep under the stars. Mm. It wasn't super windy at night, but it was nice to be able to look up and have 
you know, a bunch of stars you're in the city all the time, so you don't really get to see right. as much. Um, ended up shooting, seeing a shooting star because mm-hmm. it was like an early, a little bit before the meteor shower that's kicking in uh, this week. So that was a lot of fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing and letting us know how that went. So now we're going to move over to uh, this session, uh, which is, is very fun and interesting. So for those of you who don't know, um, this session, we were supposed to do a Texas history um, quest where the students were going to put on a play after researching, you know, uh, history of Texas and different heroes. Um, and of course, with us not knowing exactly where we're going to move or where the new location might be or, or when we were going to move, um, Nikki took it upon herself to actually come up with a cool quest that would help as well as in the move. And she called it the game of life. We actually all worked together on it. And actually, um, yeah, and actually, I gotta say, the, the inspiration <laughs> actually for the for the quest finally came from Brett. Because, oh, that's right. <laughs> um, well, we knew, and yeah, kind of go to go back to kind of you know give it some backstory. Yes, we had this awesome quest for the Texas history, which we'll put back you know in mm-hmm. rotation. Um, but we have been going back and forth with our new location and and not being able to get you know uh, d- um, definitive dates and it could be then and it could be that and it could be this and so kind of in the middle of that and and I should say limbo is not a place I like to live it doesn't suit me very well um, so it started to get really stressful and like okay well I know we can't effectively pull off um, putting all pulling and putting together a musical right that would be open to the public and the exhibition and do this if we have to move in the middle and so finally joanne and i just got together and was like okay we just let's let's just talk about you know this realistically and, and, and what we can do to make sure that um we're not compromising too much uh this session for the students for us as a whole and we just said okay the quest we're just going to have to nix it but we wanted to use the opportunity for the quest um to then prepare us actually for the move Right, we thought, well, we got to get ready to move. We can use the quest to help us, you know, get the space organized and inventoried and um, ready to go. And then we also could use the quest for um, enhancing some 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 skills, right, and stuff that that we know uh, all of our students, you know, we've seen through our experiences were maybe lacking. And that could be again for anything from organization to um, working together as a tribe or, or whatever. And we were talking, I remember, right, we were talking about it in the studio, and Brett had made a joke when we were referring to the other space and when we were going to get in about evicting them, right? That was your joke. Totally. But that's not what I, we heard. Like, no. We were like, no one heard it. serve the kids an eviction notice, and we're like, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I meant all along. Yeah. <laughs> and we were like, oh my gosh, yes, like, what if? I mean, what if? we got evicted from this space. What would that look like? Because that could happen in life, right? And then we're like, well, the kids can experience that. They're going to get evicted from their space. And and again, going back to the idea of of Quest and good launches and putting them in real-world scenarios and, you know what I mean, making it really real for them so they're engaged and and have to experience that. And from that, this game of life has been born. And so it's been really fun. It's our first week. They came back to an eviction notice posted all over the studio yeah. a couple parents were like wait what like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was really good for them like you know so what do you do and then based with all these scenarios that they're put in then they have um to face the challenges so you know first they were evicted from their space um then all the other possessions got repossessed and confiscated you mm-hmm. know what i mean and, and then they had to unlock those and meet the challenges and then um 
Today, you know, they came in, um, we wanted to do some trine building and go back and review our system. So we, you know, imagine you own a consulting firm and it was just hired by a company to go in and evaluate its systems and find ways that they work and and don't work and this, that, and the other. So they did, it's been great. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nikki? So, well, let's talk about the approach of it because it was pretty tricky to not stand up there and, and teach and lecture because that's not the act in way. That's, that's not our approach. So by taking the eviction approach, and putting these scenarios and concepts together and really putting the kids into the position and bringing it and making it alive um, and they own it and it was just I am so excited about this <laughs> quest because they walked in and if you saw it you know but if you didn't we took all their cubbies and consolidated them into one unit and then covered it up and locked it with paper chains and a paper lock I mean it was a visual it was impacting and I'm not leaking anything, mm-hmm. but, you know, those things might happen in other facets of your life, too, that you'll have to face those challenges, wink, wink. <laughs> um, so there, mm-hmm. you know, might be more surprises. But to see their reactions, um, the chaos, and then yes. the order from the chaos, mm-hmm. and the growth, and the, the problem solving, because some of these challenges were vague, purposely vague. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, one of the... the challenges they had to face was their schedule flipped and what that means is now in the morning they work on their quest projects and in the afternoon they do their core which it was the opposite before and I purposely only made one copy of the schedule for each classroom and Omar stepped up and took the initiative to make copies for everybody yeah and he so taped them on the desk right he did. walked in at one point mm-hmm. and they all had their own copy of their schedule on their desk so that kind of beauty is just amazing to see where you you know you leave a, a little hint or a clue a seed and then they grow it into something and so to see that and to see that growth is awesome and then we have some situations where you get feelings get feelings involved and they they worked through those with the systems and today really emphasize that yeah and um, it's putting this this into to useful this this learning into to useful knowledge. You know, it's not just giving them an, an education because a lot of people are looking for their child to be educated, but these children are learning. They're learning how to learn. They're learning how each other learns or other people learn, and 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 how to support other people on the journey. We've seen some before. We had seen some. We talked about the police table you know, the peace table becoming mm-hmm. the police table. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about that. And I think maybe it's a combination of the camping trip. Maybe it's a combination of them all being put into this crisis spot and having to survive. Um, but we're seeing a lot more tribates come to the side of another tribate who's struggling or battling, you know, between right or wrong or what to do or their choices and coming alongside them on their journey with them, yeah. which is beautiful i mean that's the picture i mean that's the goal in the end well today was something that i've never heard since we started the school it was tristan going to mine and be like mine and come back we really need your help i was like I mind blown what what did you say can you say that again <laughs> now it's on the podcast so you know, i was like wait what <laughs> so that was that was fun <laughs> And there was, you know, today was the Phoenix Buck story. I just want to talk about the Phoenix Buck store and some of the, the the bittersweet moments involved in that because that in itself is a whole podcast. So well, yeah, store, I mean, the Phoenix Buck store is yeah, it's just that. So we have the Phoenix Buck store that opens on the first Thursday of every session, right? So that way we've closed out the last session, we've calculated the points, and then we. Um, they've earned their Phoenix bucks based on their points and so we pay them out 
And so it's a big process at the second side of lunch, after lunch is over and before cleanup. We sit down and the first thing we do is we acknowledge everybody's points and pay out their Phoenix bucks. But the way the system is set up is after you've been paid your Phoenix bucks, now you have to handle your debts before you can go and spend your money. So um, any Phoenix bucks request from students, you know what I mean, and appeals and agreements, and that's gone through. Um, if you have a ton of stuff in the buyback box, which uh, we had this session, they have to pay that out. Mm -hmm. And then finally the store opens, and as they've equated it to, it's like a Black Friday mm -hmm. <laughs> sales. Like, it's just like everybody rushes, you know what I mean? Like people whoosh, knocking it over, like diving. And, and then that gets students upset, right? If somebody gets to your prize before you get to your prize and you're upset, and that's hard. you got to figure out how to deal with that. Or I didn't earn enough um, points to, you know, I don't have the money I want to buy this item, you know? And you hear, well, the items need to be cheaper. <laughs> well, yeah. I wish I could so walk my market. Like, yeah, I don't like this price because I don't have enough money. So can you go and just lower it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not how life works. Um, you can work a little harder. You can earn some more points and you can earn some more bucks. So, de but definitely emotions run high. Everybody's excited about it, and then um, when they, like I said, when they don't have enough points or enough money, or somebody gets the, you know, the golden nugget prize that they wanted before they do and it just it's a process but, but welcome we, to that's life. where we saw some tri-mates stepping mm -hmm. up beside some other tri-mates yeah, and really absolutely. reaching out and friendship and yeah and you know making comforting their feelings and offering other solutions they haven't thought of or yeah absolutely so that was remarkable that was bittersweet moments like that black friday is bitter yeah that <laughs> tribe relations is very sweet no it was good because i mean today i had a, a peace table with one of the students mm -hmm. who felt that they were pushed into the table Black Friday style and the, that the item was completely stolen from them as they were going for it. Um, but it Black was just some, tough, right? <laughs> but it's just a matter of, of that person, that student finding their voice and, and not really knowing how to communicate that, even though the tools are there for them, right? You know, alert and then ask and, you know, warn. And so bringing them back into the peace table and getting them both to find their voice. And at first, they wanted me to go talk to the person and grab them and say, can you ask them to come to the peace table? I was like, it's not my peace table. I can't do that for you. You know, you have to find your own voice and do it. And um, like f five minutes went by and that student brought the other person to nice. the peace table themselves. And so I had to kind of moderate and help them out, but it just turned out that it was just a lack of communication. Like one one person really didn't mean to take that. They just thought, oh, this would be a nice gift for my sibling. Right. And wasn't even trying to, to push her anybody. Right. So it was just like, all right, lost in translation. Let's talk it out. Cool, let's move on from here. And using the tools and talked about it and then went on. So it was, it was good to see that student find their voice on their own. And it was very challenging, but they were able to actually go through the whole process well, and then and again, move shout forward. Out, shout out to the systems, you know, that Acton had built, you know, inherent into all of the schools. And really those systems of accountability um, and conflict resolution are some of my favorite systems. And we see amazing growth in all of our students when they actually use them. Because it is, it's just equipping them with the tools that they need um, to be able to do those very things in life, right? Mm -hmm. Hold someone accountable, hold myself accountable, or talk to you because we have a conflict, you know? I can't, it's it's so funny how many times someone will be mad at somebody else, never talk to them about it, and it's like, but you're mad, you're in a fight with somebody who has no idea you're in a fight with them. Exactly. You know, and it's like, here's an idea, let's just sit down and talk. Let's, let's discover each other's true intentions and, you know, find a middle ground and, and find, you know, a way to... Um, work it out and so that's what those systems do why do you think that like even as adults because I feel like so many adults are so afraid to just do that like you like 
you know, personal example, anytime my roommates, you know, mm-hmm. now after being here for almost what, two and a half years and mm-hmm. seeing how the system's being used and trying to practice that at home, like anytime I have an issue with any of my roommates, instead of letting it like, when I hear any kind of like passive aggressive thing about what dishes or trash or whatever, I would just straight up alert them and be like, when you, when you say something to me like that, it makes me think like you're being rude. You know, do you need something? Then I can help. Right. So, but why do you think like most adults mm-hmm. just don't, don't do that? Don't communicate. Is it, is it fear of, of feedback? Is it, is it, you know, more of like they care too much about what others think? Like, what do you think? I think people just in general have a hard time accepting their part in it. You know what I mean? Because to have a conflict with somebody, right? It's a two way street. We all want to think, oh, well, you did this to me. Um, and I think a lot of people have a hard time going, but wait, what did I do in that situation to, to help create the conflict or to not resolve the conflict? So conflict resolve comes through personal ownership of my role in the conflict, right? So if you lack an ability to take ownership for your own part and you're just constantly looking to blame someone, then I think that's why people tend to avoid it because it, it forces you to go and look within yourself. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think I feel responsible for other people's feelings. My name is Nikki. (laughs) 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 And I've been doing some learning because that's what we all lifelong learners. And one thing I've discovered recently is that um, we tend to equate feelings with good or bad. And feelings aren't necessarily good or bad. They're very complex and you can't put them into a good or bad category. So... um, just realized that recently but knowing that now I feel like sometimes if I have um, an issue with someone that it must be bad you know because it generates those kind of feelings of frustration or um, but it but it's indeed not and then we'll get to the point where you you know want to resolve it more than you're worried about other people's feelings or if it's bad and then can be addressed but that's something new that I'm discovering is that Feelings aren't generally or necessarily good or bad. They're very complex and can't be put into one or the other. Um, they're very dynamic, like bittersweet. You know that, mm-hmm. that type of um, of idea. Of, um, I'm, I'm still developing my theories, so I'll have to <laughs> come back in on next podcast. <clears throat> but that's from my person personal perspective. Joanne, um, I I think. I think it's fear of rejection. Yeah. And that's just huge. And I see it all the time. Like I, I, and so much of our identity is wrapped up in being accepted. Do you have a fear of rejection? Yeah. Yeah. So it's this, it's that fear of, you know, I'm going to have a, you know, come to you and you, you may be, I'm not saying that you would be, (laughs) but you know, you could be a real jerk. And that makes me feel like I'm rejected, that I'm not a good enough whatever um, person. So rejection, I think, keeps people from trying to solve. I have to agree with solve. you. Because it does mm-hmm. put you in a vulnerable place. It does. When you're I think it's a fear, of, it's a fear of being vulnerable. I mean, yeah. it's such a kind of, yes, it, it's the society we kind of live in or see is like, you know, don't necessarily have to wear your heart on your sleeve all the time. But then again, how would anyone know how you feel if you don't? People wear their anger on their sleeve. Yeah, they're not afraid. When they get upset, they're not afraid to show that they're upset. But when they're hurt or sad or scared, they're they're afraid to show that vulnerability 
And they yeah. try to mask it with the complete opposite emotion. I mean, we, we almost we kind of witnessed that a little bit today with some of the students giving us some mm-hmm. some feedback um, in an inappropriate manner that goes against the the contract. But knowing we've known them for a while, we know that that's not normally how they act. Well, that something's probably usually, bothering you know, them. Anger is the response emotion. It's not the underlying emotion. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, there's usually pain or fear mm-hmm. or sadness. Um, but again, those are all very vulnerable positions to put oneself in. So anger. Um, and lashing out become a mm-hmm. stronger position, I think, in a lot of people's minds. Um, so Yoda was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Yoda was. He's very wise. Do or do not. That's all I remember. No try. Mm-hmm. Anger leads to fear. Not? Fear leads to hate. Do hate leads to suffering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a wise, wise little wise, alien. Wise little <laughs> pointy ears. Brett, what are your Yoda? what are your thoughts? What? Is what? He, what is a Yoda? Yo- that's Yoda is his name. I know, but what is a Yoda? Does he have a creature name? I don't know. That'd be a Dan like question. Chewbacca is a, a Jedi. A Jedi would be his. his <laughs> Jedi would be his job. <laughs> it's, it's who he is. It's what he is. This, listeners, that's what we're talking about I mean, right I now. Know, <laughs> we're about to. We're totally get off topic. <laughs> get off topic. Right, Let's bring it back on topic. <laughs> Brett. All right. Why, so, do, why do you think uh, uh, people in general are just kind of scared to resolve conflict and talk, you know, one on one? So I uh, had an experience that was um, uh, very real and extremely scary, and I thought I literally was going to die. And uh, something happened to me physically and mentally that I never would have expected, and I think if I didn't have the experience, I may never have gone through. And I think, uh, backtrack, underlying, I think people act a lot of times without necessarily understanding the truth as to why they're acting. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, you know, anger. Right. Anger, but it's caused by a pain. It's caused right. by this, caused mm-hmm. by that. Um, when I found myself in that situation, uh, my ego became so incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. my will to survive kicked in in a way that I had never felt or experienced before. And I don't know if I'm right or not, but seeing how strong my ego was and how much I put myself above what was happening around myself to survive, I came to the conclusion that everything that everybody does boils down to ego. We are programmed to survive. We're programmed to keep the race going. And I believe that when you're in line at the supermarket and that person cuts you in line and you get upset, it's simply your ego saying me, 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 me. Hmm. I think when you're upset at somebody on the highway, I think it's, oh my goodness, you just put my life in danger potentially and your ego kicks in and it can have negative ramifications in the way that you represent yourself. So I think personally that the ego is the strongest, most underlying motivator that we as human beings have. And so if I am going to get into a conversation with Nicole about a situation that that we don't see eye to eye on, Mm Um, having that conversation and hearing your ideas puts my ideas and myself in jeopardy. 
Uh, oh, so you're saying you think the ego makes it... Makes it hard to accept other people's opinions and other people's ways of life. You know, my father told me when I was a kid, he said, you know, Brett, if you're having a conversation with someone and you know you're right and you know that they are incorrect, they there's a good chance they're never going to admit that to you in the heat of the moment. But I guarantee you, if you speak the truth, they will have a moment. And they may never tell you about it. You may never hear about it. But they will wake up at 3 a.m. someday. And they'll say to themselves, you know what? Brett, Brett was right. And, of course, the same is true for me. For times when I'm not agreeing with someone but they speak the truth, there's going to be a moment when I come up. So why do people have a hard time entering into an open dialogue about touchy situations? My opinion is that it just gets down to the way that we as humans are programmed. I also, uh, kind of related, I also think that we have um, six senses. Like we say, we have five. Mm -hmm. Touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing. I also believe that emotions should be, or could be, considered as a sense. You know, somebody doesn't rub me the right way, et cetera, et cetera. Take those emotions, process them, and then act, as opposed to letting the emotion guide you. But I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize that. And so when they get into an argument, they're feeling attacked, um, or a discussion, they're feeling attacked, their way of life, their way of thought, how they see the view, their view of the world is put into question, which brings them into, am I... um, Am I now a valid person? Like, I thought I had all these thoughts that were right, and all of a sudden, my whole way of thinking is potentially crumbling down. What does that mean for me as a person? I think it's a, I think it's a highly complex uh, question, and I think people have different motivations. I don't think the ego or, or the willingness, the, the need to feel that you have to survive, whether that's your physical being or your mental ideas, um, I think there are lots of different things that play into that. But ultimately, my answer is uh, ego. I don't mean ego like I'm number one. Right. I mean like the basic sense right. of survival. Yeah, self-preservation. Self-preservation. Ego. I have to agree with the sixth sense emotional. I um, mm-hmm. um, learned a little bit about that this um, last weekend. So I turned 27 on Saturday. And Happy then Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, I would thank you, um, went to, instead of like, I told my roommate instead of you know going out and partying or going to you know out and having some doing something crazy fun, um, someone something really young would want to do when they you know celebrate their birthday. I wanted to kind of rethink the rest of my life and go through some sort of like cleanse cleansing, um, some sort of healing. So I looked up where they would do kind of like a Reiki cleansing, mm. um, mm-hmm. and I went down to South Austin and they had a um, a Reiki. Uh, master, and so they went through and kind of you know did energy and, and all that. So I was mm-hmm. I was crying, I was healing, I was, it was all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but what she told me at the end was that she's like, yeah, you, you actually I can feel that you're an empath, which is a gift and a curse. A gift because mm-hmm. you can actually feel other people's emotions, like you said, sense their emotion and understand how to how to deal with it. But it's also a curse because um, if someone's feeling bad, you also then take on that negative mm-hmm. energy and negative feeling. Um, so you have to learn how to win and when not to block out 
that mm-hmm. emotion. Um, and she's also said that out of the hundreds of people that she was working with, I'm the first one that she's actually sensed that with. Hmm. So uh, I, I definitely can agree with you on this and emotion being it. <laughs> That's let's, a good let's, question. Let's Maybe she's an That's a good question. Yeah. Maybe, she, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Eddie, but your device is not working for life. Yeah, for everyone on the podcast, yeah, yeah the, the Samsung broadcast uh, live, Facebook live is not working right now, but that's okay because I'm more worried about the uh, podcast. Um, so, uh, moving on, let's talk about what we got planned for next week. Miss Nikki? That's classified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can't, we can't. Life does not give you a syllabus. <laughs> sure doesn't give you a heads up all the time. Um, I, I will give you some idea of the basis of this because I have heard not from our parents but from parents of parents and parents and grapevine and you know how those things happen. Like, what is this school doing? Like, they're doing what with these kids? And our parents are like, you know, on board. They believe in the lessons in chaos and that sort of stuff. So just to speak to those people who are like, what is going on? So Life. Exactly. Life. (laughs) So this game of life. So we're talking about personal accountability, about organization, about setting yourself up for success, about having the tools that you need at your disposal, knowing where they are, knowing how to work together with people. Right. Um, Finding if there's loopholes, what are your solutions for, you know, making it better. Uh, we're going to go, we're going to talk about um, evaluating your current systems and see if they're working efficiently mm-hmm. and effectively. And if they're not, coming up with a solution and an adjustment, right? right. Not just standing still and freezing. Oh, this doesn't work. Okay, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. How do you keep moving forward? That's a question I pose to my sons um, a lot and, and all of our tribe, you know. Okay, so how are we move forward? Mm-hmm. So And the planning aspect. And, you know, we are going to a new space, so we will develop into now Now you've set up your new space, you've decided what you need, what you want it to look like, how it's going to function. Now how are you going to do that in your new space and giving them that opportunity to? So that's just a, a little sneak peek into And budgeting. It. How much and, you need. Exactly. Because here's how yes. much you can get. <laughs> <laughs> so we started, like, that? say, with a basic inventory. So we started with a basic inventory, and then that's going to grow. We're right. going to, you know, take that, and now... Now that you've done this, which is great, how can we do this in a different way? Like maybe a spreadsheet, or maybe we need to um, put prices on things. And um, I don't, I don't know where that's going to go. Ultimately, I have a good idea of where that's going to go, but we're going to put in other components too that that you deal with in life. Right. Um, hygiene, um, being prepared, food cleaning so many things um so many things so many so many things and it's going to be awesome because it's it, we're all excited we're breathing life into this project the kids are super excited mm-hmm. um there was so much chatter in this space and when they came in on monday for enrichment classes and their cubbies were all locked up um what's going on yeah <laughs> i love that one they're like mm-hmm. what do you mean you don't know well, i don't know <laughs> right i had pre-prepared pre-programmed my response and it was like that when I got here. It was like that when I got here. <laughs> it was like that when I got here. I'm like, yeah. So anyway, it's it's going to be really exciting. And I I'm I'm sure I, I feel confident enough to go out on a limb to say that this is one quest that we are definitely gonna see the kids bring home. Um, yeah, absolutely. I can't promise you that on Saturday morning they're going to wake up and they're going to organize their bedroom. I'm not <laughs> saying that, but you will definitely see these skills, these problem-solving skills, yeah. these interrelationship skills. Maybe even with their siblings, maybe not. I'm not going down that far to live. <laughs> um, but I, 
I, I can I know I've seen it in my kids already. Oh yeah, that it's, it's life skills enhanced, and, and that translates. So, fantastic. so what are we doing at the school? We're preparing these you know young heroes for life. We're putting them in situations actually to allow them. I should rephrase that. We're not preparing them. We're creating scenarios right. and an environment that puts them in situations that will allow them mm-hmm. to prepare themselves mm-hmm. for life yeah. by learning those lessons and, and coming up with those. Um, solutions on their own and when you do that you own it and when it, you own it it's a part of you and when it's a part of you it applies to everything that you do in life yeah and we've seen that article you know the top 10 things I wish I learned in school <laughs> tax season has passed I'm sorry and we'll tackle that next time. <laughs> but it's those kinds of ideas you know um, utilities they'll just say that yeah <laughs> awesome so super exciting um, so before we uh, leave for the podcast, I definitely wanted to congratulate y'all on a successful children's business fair. Oh, yes. It was awesome. So let's let's chat a little bit about that and recap that event. Uh, it was this last Saturday. Um, mm-hmm. It was uh, if we had I think what like thirty something, almost forty tents. We to had thirty six vendors. That's why. Thirty six. So we had thirty six tents popped. Um, and almost all of them showed up. We had a couple, like, you know, I got a couple emails night before. Sorry, we're sick. There's some, you know, bug going mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, all of uh, our applicants, our vendors, our little young entrepreneurs showed up with, uh, honestly, some truly inspired yes. business yeah. concepts yes. as far as I'm concerned. I, I love going um, to children's business fairs. I love hosting, you mm-hmm. know, the children's business fair because they will blow <coughs> your mind. Mm-hmm. The nine-year-old who wrote a book. I know. Like, Amazing. published. Yeah. It, yep. Yeah. And had her little brother running around passing out her business card. Like, I mean, great marketing. Um, and then we had several of our own tribe mates show up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and all different levels of, of presentation. Um, but all successes, right, for where they were. Um, all excited and supportive yeah. of each other and checking out each other's booths. And it was just they were, the buzz in the air. For the children's business fair, you know, you see the tents popping up and the tables coming and 2,500 pounds of sand, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was it was one of those situations where we woke up ridiculously early. We did enormous amounts of work, but because it was so so deep and so valued that it actually in- energized you. I mean, mm-hmm. afterwards it was like psh, brick wall, but. Right, um, right. You know, as it was going, it was just there was there was a pump. There wasn't a lull. There wasn't a oh, this is a drag at five thirty in the morning. I did say this is a drag, but um, <laughs> and from there, it was just it was a fantastic day. It really was awesome and good job, Nicole, for and Joanne for that because when you guys were planning that, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> forty five tenths, right? But it wasn't that bad, and they just went up and everything. Actually, was the, the, the pop up was easy. The pop down was a little more labor intensive yeah. and, and hard to close out. But but we again we had amazing support, yes. and, and Chip and Ali were there for closing down and rocking it out, mm-hmm. and uh, Sedona and then Julia. Um, one of Minan's friends was there helping. Yes. And she was there for breakdown. She was great. I mean, she was a beast. Like, didn't stop and had an organized system. She wasn't there. helping. Minan hired her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Minan had hired her to work his booth, mm-hmm. um, which means she had to ride home with me. So she was there for closed down anyway, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she could have just, you know, kitted out and gone and played and done whatever. There was no expectation. 
No, that girl powered through and worked the whole close down with mm-hmm. all of them. And so did Sedona. Sedona's yeah, Sedona killed yeah. it. Um, oh, and Minan, yeah, no, and Minan, like they were just running around an alley, um, and they were just all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. and and seeing what needed to be done and working together as a team and getting it down. So it was it was great just to see that with them, you know. So what was uh, uh, the turnout for the children's business fair? It was a super windy day, a little bit chilly. Yeah, talk um, about windy. I think we. Uh, yeah, they had a couple of tents just kind of fly over, yeah. even with the sandbags on them. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was that? What was the turnout? So, what was the overall like end goal for some of the students? Like, who won what awards? Like, how did that all? How did that all get voted on? And well, and we announced? had three guest judges. Um, Thank Joanne you to got, the judges. Yes. Yeah, they were amazing. I mean, and they were great because they were vested, they were excited, they were inspired, um, but they were critical yes. um, and constructive. Um, and fair, right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it was just, and again, they weren't associated with esteem. They weren't associated with any of the students. They're just entrepreneurs um, that we had reached out to and said, hey, we're looking for people to come and give, mm-hmm. you know, our kids some critical feedback. Because that's an important part of growth, right? And they were great. And they gave, um, I think, you know, really great insight and, yeah. and scores. And um, several of the Participants, I offered to share that information with them should they want to hear the feedback from the judges, you know, and then have the opportunity to grow. Um, and we did that, so they were great. And then actually, we had an, another set of uh, sisters that were there, and they're part of the 4 H club, and they're actually putting together a children's business fair in June. Oh, yes. hmm. <clears throat> so we were able to share that information with all of the ones who had participated here, and hopefully, they continue to just go and pop up at these mm-hmm. children's business fairs. And so my hope was that they could take the information that the judges gave them at this business fair and then use that to enhance or increase their business um, in whatever way they felt that, you know, they could benefit from it and learn like that. So that was really great. Um, It it would have been nicer to have a little more foot traffic. That was definitely, I think, our biggest challenge Mm -hmm. um, and most disappointing aspect. We had steady um, people through considering, but I think all of us, you know, would have liked to have seen more people there. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll definitely, you know, be tackling that question for next year. How do we really excite and engage um, people to come out? Because this really is something, in my opinion, you should want to come out. Yeah. For. And yes. not just because these are, you know, kids between the ages of 6 and 16, but they're quite brilliant and, you know, resilient and mm-hmm. um, impressive kids and, and I mean this is the future quite the salespeople. I bought so I, much I stuff yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much money um, and, and, but I didn't spend it just because oh you know I need to buy something I was right. like no I really like this yeah. product I have no use for dinosaur shaped crayons but I can't not buy them Right. you know because they're so cute mm. um, the packaging for them was really good the too I mean the, the boxes and, I know um, you bought the book, right? And had the of author. Of course, I bought the book. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're gonna have to put that on our like our deep book list, just right? It's just by a, a nine-year-old. Yeah. Um, I even placed an order for the Lego crayons because I'm going to be putting nice. those in our box. Oh my gosh. Giveaways because I'm like, okay, well, here's my order. I want all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Wide open. That's amazing. Nice. Yeah. So. So we're talking about the, the crayons, and this young entrepreneur um, repurposed old crayons into new crayon molds, packaged them beautifully, mm-hmm. and um, ended up winning the award for highest business potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's one of our heroes. He is one of our heroes. students here at Esteem, and he's six. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, yes. 
but it was it was a I mean it was great everything about it was great the idea um, was cool you know what I mean it's not you know necessarily an original thought right but the the end result of what he did and how he brought it right. together yeah. in my opinion was unique and quality and the bow tie was like the cherry yeah. oh, the bow tie <laughs> those little thick rim red glasses oh my you're gosh. like oh man with that faux blonde hair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got this on lock mm-hmm. <laughs> you have way more crayons if than that was planned did. you're brilliant yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's his trademark intentionally yeah <laughs> um, but then, I'm sorry no go ahead well I was just going to talk about the other award that was received by one of our tribates happened to be his twin brother separate booth separate business they all they both had their own business plans and models and um the the bath shop made with homemade homemade soaps which were beautiful and smelled smelled cool. terrific mm-hmm. um and they had prizes inside of them some little toys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah they were cool and that was um best presentation he got he got the other he actually won two categories in his age group so there were, <clears throat> excuse me there were three categories in each age group and it was um most original idea um Best um, presentation, booth presentation, and then um, uh, best business potential. Yes. Mm. So, yeah, so he took the other two in that category. Wow. He got most original and mm-hmm. best he presentation. Took two categories. Wow. Yeah. And just, you know, just to go back and say, it, these judges were, were completely unaware of. Oh, yeah, no, there was no way to right. know any of the students or where mm-hmm. they came from, mm-hmm. and we had. An amazing showing of students um, from all communities, um, the homeschool community, the private school community, um, public school. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we had we had we had young entrepreneurs from everywhere. I just I, I want to see even more of them there next year. Um, mm-hmm. And again, we're going to work even more aggressively to make sure that the turnout then is really going to support mm-hmm. them on their their yes. journey. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, as always, I'm Mr. Eddie. Joanne, Miss Nikki, Miss Nicole, uh, Mr. Brett, <laughs> and as always, keep learning.